going to begin with voting. Just four days left in the early voting period for this year's primary with a lot of key races on the ballot. Another 841 Orange County residents voted yesterday, bringing the total to 6,584. That's well off the pace from the last presidential primary in 2020, though that one did include a still somewhat competitive race for the Democratic presidential nomination. Six early voting sites in Orange County. You've got the Seymour Center, the Chapel Hill Public Library, Chapel of the Cross downtown, 108 Bims Street, just behind Carborough Town Hall, the Eflin Cheeks Community Center, and Orange Works at Hillsborough Commons. That last one has been the busiest early voting site so far, indicating high turnout for the Orange County School Board race. Seven candidates on the ballot for three open seats there, most closely watched local race, and the top three vote-getters next week will win four-year terms on the board. Get full coverage of the 2024 primary on our website, chapelborough.com. Chapel of the Cross near campus has been the least busy early voting site so far, by the way. Local leaders are hoping to change that today, though. Various elected officials are joining State Democratic Party Chair Anderson Clayton on campus for a get-out-the-vote rally in the pit at 11.30 this morning. Speaking of campus news, big congratulations for Sierra Pfeiffer and Henry Taylor, both student reporters for UNC's Carolina Connections show that airs Saturday mornings right here. They just placed first and second, respectively, in the initial round of the Hearst Awards, beating out 68 other entries to qualify for the national championships in June. In honor of that, today we're re-airing one of Sierra Pfeiffer's winning entries focused on a safe parking site recently opened in Greensboro, where people living in their cars can stay for free without being hassled or asked to move. For this single mother and her three school-aged children, home is a 2007 Dodge minivan. I'm just homeless in the car, just sleeping in the car with the kids. That's Waya. She goes by her ancestral Cherokee name. Waya and her kids have been sleeping in the van for about a month after they fled an abusive family situation in Fayetteville. Like many homeless people, they struggled to find a safe place to park where they wouldn't get harassed or shoot away. I was parking at like rest stops and I had this app where it showed me where I could park that was for free where they didn't really mind it like at Cracker Barrel or other places like that. It was kind of dangerous because nobody really know. Nobody really know, but it was dangerous. So Wyatt and her kids made their way here to what Greensboro is calling a safe parking site. It's a free downtown lot for people living in their cars. But unlike a rest stop, it has a security guard. And it's directly behind the interactive resource center where anyone can shower, do laundry, and even meet with a caseworker. I feel like it's more safe here. They have cameras here, and I can sit here all day if I need to, if I don't have anywhere to go. Waya's minivan was among about half a dozen cars parked here on a Thursday afternoon, with some people using tarps and clothing to cover their windows and block out the cold weather. This lot is the first of its kind in North Carolina, and only the second on the East Coast after Atlanta. But nationwide, there are now more than 50, mostly in California and Washington, according to the National Vehicle Residency Collective. The collective advocates for people living in their cars, and one of its founders is Graham Pruss. There's growing awareness, not only that this population exists, that their numbers appear to be increasing, but also that uh, there's really not a lot of uh, spaces for people who are living in vehicles in the existing systems. That's why the city of Greensboro spent about $180,000 last year to pilot the safe parking lot. Christina Singleton, who runs the Interactive Resource Center, said homelessness increased during the pandemic and it hasn't gone down. 
Folks are living in their cars. They don't have somewhere safe to go. They're getting woken up in the middle of the night and asked by police or security to move along. So for safe parking, we have a spot that's well lit with security, a place to use the bathroom and a shower and build that community so that folks can be together in one spot. The city opened up the lot about a year ago and Singleton says it's had some successes. Larry Logan parked here for a month and said having a free place to live helped him save up for an apartment. I was here and I stayed in my car and I slept and then I was able to save money and go get my own place. And so um, I'm back today to get my mail. Still, parking lots like this have not escaped criticism. Some Greensboro City Council members have opposed funding for what they call Band-Aid solutions for homelessness, rather than finding more permanent fixes. And Waya, the mother living in her Dodge minivan, says while the parking lot is helpful, she needs more. It's hard on me to make it work for these kids when I have no resources, no help. So I just wish there was more help for mothers and kids. Singleton said the resource center is working on what she called permanent supportive housing. But in the meantime, she says this parking lot is a lifeline for vulnerable people who don't have any other options. In Greensboro, I'm Sierra Pfeiffer. For Carolina Connection, and that's a national Hearst Award-winning story there. You can listen to the other award-winning stories from Sierra Pfeiffer as well as Henry Taylor at carolinaconnection.org. Of course, homelessness is also an issue right here in Chapel Hill. Last Wednesday, the topic came up when the town council was discussing Chapel Hill's Land Use Management Ordinance, or LUMO. That discussion was about homeless shelters, but council member Paris miller Fruchy said the town also needs to look at alternative strategies for helping unhoused people as well. So in thinking about policy around this land use, I think shelters could be uh, anywhere to allow for uses for more non-congregant um, sheltering options, allowing for even possible conversions of hotels or buildings or other facilities when thinking about um, allowing for shelters. I also think it's important to think about like where proximity to transit, um, access to jobs, opportunities, and other amenities that meet people's needs. So my interest would be a land use policy for shelters that affords creativity as opportunities arise, um, like the conversion of a single family home um, to house you know, women who are escaping domestic abuse, or even the conversion of a school or something like that. Um, keeping in mind that non-congregate shelters, which provide, they provide alternatives to more conventional congregate um, shelters. So that, that's my two cents. That's Paris miller she there. You can read other comments from last week's meeting in the news section of our website, chapelboro.com. And visit Chapelboro for more local news as well, including the latest from the UNC Media Hub on local and statewide efforts to improve resiliency in the face of floods. It is time now for sports brought to you this hour by Coldwell Banker Howard Perry and Walston. A couple big wins on the diamond yesterday for UNC. Tar Heel baseball beating VCU 8-2. And the softball team rolling over NC Central 21-1 in five innings. We'll get to that in a second. In baseball, the big hit came from Anthony D'Onofrio, a three-run double in the first inning that put Carolina up for good. In softball, the star was Lexi Godwin. She had a huge game, 4-for-4 four four with 10 RBI 
RBIs, including a three-run double in the first inning and then two home runs in the fourth inning alone, including a grand slam. Heels actually had four homers and scored 12 runs just in that one inning, triggering the mercy rule in the fifth. Both teams are back in action today, baseball hosting Longwood at four, softball hosting Oakland at five. Lexi Godwin was the hero yesterday, but a different Tar Heel softball star got big honors. Freshman Sanat Thompson is your ACC Player of the Week. She hit 632 with two homers, nine RBIs, and 11 runs scored in seven games. She also had a big day yesterday, three for four with two runs and two RBIs. She's currently on a 12-game hitting streak. Thompson wasn't the only Tar Heel picking up big honors yesterday. In baseball, Vance Honeycutt is your ACC Player of the Week. He hit 400 with three homers and eight RBIs in four games. Men's basketball stars Armando Baycott and R.J. Davis are both on the watch list for the Oscar Robertson Award. And on the women's side, Deja Kelly and Alyssa Usby are on the watch list for the Ann Myers Drysdale Award, both of those awards honoring the national men's and women's players of the year. Speaking of RJ, Tar Heel Nation is still reeling from his 42-point outburst against Miami on Monday, boosting his candidacy for All-American honors, which would mean his jersey would be honored in the Smith Center Raptors. Here's what RJ had to say with a brief interjection from Paxson Wojcik about his performance this year. I mean, I envisioned the way I've been like the way I wanted to have the way the year I wanted to have and who I've been playing, but I didn't envision like you know, the crowd chanting my name and whatnot. But I mean, I think that just all comes with you know just staying in the gym, staying down, waiting your turn, and staying confident. Um, I definitely have like, <laughs> I definitely have a, um, an amazing career here from you know freshman year up to now. So just to see my progression throughout the years, and for me to have like a great year in my senior year, and kind of just speaking that to existence, I mean it's happening for me, so I'm happy. It's R.J. Davis there. Finally, in hockey, the Carolina Hurricanes snapped the two-game losing streak last night with a three-to-two win at Minnesota. Canes are back in action tomorrow night on the road at Columbus. Visit our website Champelboro.com for more sports news, including details on tomorrow night's UNC women's basketball game. Plus, a cool story about the local kids who joined the UNC men for the national anthem before that Miami game on Monday.